right, welcome back to another episode of South of Fine. I'm your host, as usual, Reese Lau. As our regular listeners know, our goal at South of Fine is to change the stigma around mental health care. One of the best ways that we can do this is by inviting more people to join the conversation. If you want to help our podcast get seen by more people, we really hope you'll subscribe to South of Fine. Then you can rate us, click the like button, and then share our episodes with your friends and loved ones. We'd really appreciate your help in that regard. All right, so I hope everyone's ready to enjoy this show. Here we go. How you doing? You okay? How's it going? How you feeling today? Welcome to South Defined, a podcast from Right Track Medical Group dedicated to destigmatizing mental health in the South through genuine conversation about the challenges that we all face every day. For more information, please visit our website, righttrackmedical.com backslash South Defined. While we hope you enjoy listening to our podcast, please remember that this is not a substitute for professional diagnosis or for the treatment of any mental health condition. If you feel that you or someone you love is considering mental health treatment, please visit Right Track Medical's website, righttrackmedical.com, to find a helpful resource guide and a clinic near you. All right, guys. So today we are speaking with Megan Goldbeck, Area Director of the Louisiana and Mississippi Chapters of the American Federation, excuse me, the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, and Danita LeBlanc, a licensed clinical social worker who works with the Louisiana Department of Health and Human Services Office of Behavioral Health. I don't say that. Did I say something wrong? Well, it changed um, because I actually just retired from there. So, oh, um, cool. Okay, how long ago was that? uh, The first time, December of 2019. The second time, (laughs) June 30th of this year. (laughs) Well, congratulations. That's that's wonderful. Um, And you also serve as a volunteer with the American Federal uh, Foundation for Suicide Prevention. Is that right? I do. I'm board president. Oh, cool. Super cool. In the Louisiana chapter. In the Louisiana chapter. And both of you guys are from Louisiana? Yes. Live in Louisiana? Cool. Yeah, I live in uh, right outside of New Orleans. I grew up in Chicago mostly, and um, I serve the Mississippi chapter as well. Um, I work with all of our volunteers there um, in both states. So let's jump into this, guys. I really appreciate you being here. so let's talk a little bit about uh, your organization, organizations. Um, what is the role of the American Foundation for Suicide Prevention? Uh, and who do you serve? Uh, but these are broad questions. Who do you serve and what's your mission? Our mission at AFSP is really to save lives and bring hope to those affected by suicide. And we really do that uh, through grassroots efforts um, and amazing volunteers across the country. Uh, and, and our volunteers consist of uh, people who've lost loved ones to suicide, people who struggle with suicidal thoughts, or really anybody in the community who's interested in preventing suicide. Um, and our work really focuses on eliminating the loss of life from suicide. Uh, we do that through program delivery, prevention education, uh, general education uh, around the community. And then raising funds for uh, research, groundbreaking research, and uh, reaching out to those who've lost somebody to suicide. What's the, what's groundbreaking research? Can you expound upon that? 
Yeah. So our, we invest around five to six million dollars a year in research. And our researchers are looking at a few different things um, that could be like biomarkers in uh, a, a blood sample, like something we could test in a blood sample that would identify someone who's at risk. Wow. Um, one of our researchers in Stanford is looking at the relationship between firearm ownership and, um, and suicide deaths. And so uh, he actually presented to, to our chapters um, back in June and, and he was looking at the time an individual purchases a firearm, um, what's their risk for suicide? Uh, and, and in the first 10 days, it looks really, really high. So, uh, you know, that that's ongoing research. Um, but, you know, we'll be interested to see, you know, kind of what uh, that comes comes out of that when he's completed with that. So that's just some things we're looking at. You know, they're looking at um, the role of racial discrimination and, and inequity and suicide risk, um, why certain communities may be at higher risk than others. Um, lot, lots of different things. I mean, um, our, our grant, our research grant program is incredibly robust. It's led by Dr. Jill um, Harkave Friedman in New York and um, ve- very exciting stuff we're, we're seeing out of it. Yeah, to say the least, that's that's really incredible. Uh, Danita, anything to add about the organization and mission and role and such? Um, AFSP also does a lot of advocacy work um, in terms of influencing legislation sometimes, as well as just public information. So at least with the Louisiana chapter, AFSP was um, instrumental in helping to get the Jason Flat Act passed in Louisiana. And that requires that educators, uh, people in the school system, get two hours of suicide prevention training a year. They also were instrumental in getting some legislation passed to um, put crisis line numbers on the back of student IDs, uh, all student IDs in Louisiana. And um, they've also gone back and influenced some legislation about the Jason Flat Act that provides some accountability in terms of what are schools doing with the training? What does the training consist of? uh, What's the minimum requirements of the training? And so some of that advocacy with legislators have helped shape some of the policy and processes in Louisiana. Um, that happens nationally as well, but I'm familiar with Louisiana. Jeez. I mean, just based upon what you guys just told me, we could probably stop talking and everybody would be highly <laughs> impressed with this organization so far from the research to getting things through the legislation um, or creating new legislation. Can you tell me a little bit because I'm ignorant about, uh, Jason, as you say, flat, Jason flat act. Um, it's named after an individual who died by suicide, but the, the act requires in Louisiana that schools, um, teachers and personnel be trained in every year, two hours of suicide prevention training. And so it was named that to honor the young man who died. But it's an education focus so that schools are aware of when someone might be suicidal, 
uh, and what schools can do to help connect them to help. That's great. That's great. Um, I had an immediate question, but I'm going to skip it. We'll get to it later. Um, so what, what drew you guys, you guys can each answer this in your own time. What drew you guys to this organization? I'll go. Um, I started volunteering with a crisis line when I was 19 years old and I have been working directly and indirectly with suicide prevention for the last 40 years. When I worked for the state, I was the suicide prevention coordinator for Louisiana. And when I retired, I really wanted to stay involved with suicide prevention. And so because I had worked for the state in the Office of Behavioral Health and had worked with the Office of Public Health, I really thought I could facilitate more interaction and synergy between the state efforts on suicide prevention and what AFSP was doing. And so I was also drawn to the education and training aspect of AFSP's work because I'm a trainer in several different suicide prevention programs. And so I just thought I could pull all of it together in an integrated way by volunteering with AFSP. That's mine. That's great. Megan? Yeah. So uh, a few years ago, I uh, had taken a suicide prevention education course uh, called Mental Health First Aid. And, you know, I never thought I would ever use it. And two weeks later, uh, one of my dear friends was experiencing suicidal thoughts. And um, I was able to get her the help that she needed because I was trained uh, to do so um, in, in a really effective way. Uh, my friend's doing really great now, which is just fantastic. But um, that really drew me to suicide prevention efforts. And, you know, mental health uh, in general is uh, so stigmatized in our community. I, I think it is getting a lot uh, better. But, um, you know, I, I was drawn to AFSP specifically because they really focus on making mental health a priority, uh, in addition to suicide prevention education, it, it, I really firmly believe that it works and it can save lives. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. You know, every single one of us, I, this is not a very good stat, but I know that every single person in the world is affected personally by suicide in some way. Um, so what, what type of impact through the research, through counseling, through all the things that you guys do, have you through changing legislation? I mean, come on, what kind of impact have you guys seen um, personally within the, within uh, schools, within communities? You know, our, uh, you know, we talked about research um, and, you know, we're one of the leading uh, private funders of research, which is just an incredible accomplishment that is really because of our volunteers. I, I think it comes down to, the volunteer impact. I mean, we're a grassroots organization, so we really rely heavily on volunteers. Um, you know, as Denita mentioned, to talk about legislation um, that really uh, makes mental health a priority. Um, specifically, you know, during during the uh, challenging last what eighteen months, we've all uh, experienced a lot of challenges. Um, but through that all, we have educated thousands of people. Uh, 
uh, and suicide prevention uh, trainings that we offer. We uh, connect over um, 300,000 people in our out of the darkness walks. And, you know, it's really about a community coming together. You know, if, if you've lost a loved one to suicide or experienced suicidal thoughts, just imagine uh, thousands of people literally rallying uh, with you. Um, it's incredibly moving and, and powerful. Um, so I, I think that's, you know, really fantastic. And then just general awareness uh, about suicide prevention has, has really increased. You know, you've seen... Um, uh, really high profile individuals, Meghan Markle, the, um, you know, uh, I think she's a duchess, um, you know, disclose her suicidal ideation. And, and for her to come out and say that uh, and really increase the conversation is, is incredibly powerful. And I, I really believe AFSP um, is is a part of that. You know, we're, we're really telling people it's okay to not be okay, but, you know, we want to make uh, getting mental health help a sign of strength. Great. Yeah, yeah. Can, can one of you guys talk a little bit more about the, um, the out of the darkness walk that you, you mentioned? I'd love to hear the, uh, about that event. Yeah, absolutely. So our, out of the, thank you. <laughs> um, our out of the darkness <laughs> events are really an opportunity for folks to, um, unite in a common effort against suicide and, and recognize those who've lost a loved one or who struggle. Um, we share hope and stories and resources and, you know, our walks look uh, different in every community. Um, for example, in Biloxi, um, we're, we're hosting a walk on September 18th and we'll have children's activities. We have a push up challenge. Um, Lots of community resources, auctions, raffles, and of course, a walk, uh, you know, to prevent suicide. Um, and it's our signature event to raise funds for all the research, education, and advocacy efforts that we that we do in the community. Great. Good deal. So um, September is going to be suicide is suicide prevention month, uh, awareness month. What does this mean? What does this month mean to you to AFSP and, um, you know, how important we've kind of covered this, but I, we need to cover it again. Cause so how important is suicide awareness and what is it really? I, I think sometimes with suicide until it impacts you, it's kind of, Oh, that's something that happens to out there to, to those people out there, not us. And once it hits you, then you realize, or start to on on how much it impacts your life and how many opportunities you may have had to be able to have things turn out differently and having a focus on suicide prevention helps to increase awareness about what might be danger signs to look for awareness that it's okay to talk about suicide you don't put the idea in someone's head if you bring it up it instead kind of gives somebody permission to talk about it when you bring it up first and that when somebody says yes i am thinking about suicide you know where 
to connect them to help that'll provide first aid for where they are. And so it's a public health issue. It's not an individual defect in the person thinking about suicide. It's a public health issue in terms of both people have mental health issues. People do often think about suicide. Not everybody acts on it, but it's a more common part of the human experience than we ever thought mm. that it was. And there's a growing awareness that we can all have a role in preventing suicide. And so a focus on it for a week or a month is really important to be able to help spread that word. Yeah, really well put. Um, I, I love the part about um, not, you know, saying something is not putting putting the idea in someone's head. It's communicating it and bring it to the service and let's talk about it. And, you know, it's so, it's such a, it seems like such a simple thing, but like I have a friend who did a movie called a girl who wore freedom about world war two. And she spent a lot of time with uh, veterans mm -hmm. and one of her producers filmed about 800 of these world war two veterans years ago before they've passed away. And the bulk of them had not spoken about those events since those events. And he was like, he said it, it was, I've seen some of the videos. It was absolutely amazing. The release and the peace that they felt just talking about it, mm -hmm. you know, just communicating with someone. Um, so it, it is so, so important uh, to communicate and not be, a, not be scared of any topic um, that may arise, particularly suicide. So what's, what sort of events do you guys have uh, in mind or do you guys put together for Suicide Awareness Month? Or uh, Megan, could you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. So um, AFSP has put together a campaign that really puts a focus on staying connected and deepening those conversations and um, you know, encouraging folks to seek out help and, and you know, generally strengthening our mental health. Um, specifically on September 10th, we are hosting a Facebook live event. It's an eight hour event jam packed with, uh, inspiring conversations. We'll have a concert um, Dr. Jill, um, head of our research will be, uh, there answering questions. We'll have a panel discussion. Um, we have a couple celebrity influencers who will be on there, um, Oh, it's cool. a secret, but we're announcing it in the, the next week or two. So, um, so um, I'm, uh, once we get it, I'll, I'll make sure to send it out to everybody. I'm hoping we're, you know, we have, we're finalizing everything um, for that, but um, it, it's going to be really fantastic. And then specifically in Mississippi and Louisiana, we're hosting a virtual presentation of Talk Saves Lives, which is really our introduction to suicide prevention. We cover uh, the scope of the problem, research, uh, risk factors, protective factors, warning signs, um, and how you can help someone. Uh, we're also going to be encouraging folks to volunteer. So we're hosting a Volunteer 101 virtually where they can learn about AFSP and all of our volunteer opportunities. Um, we're encouraging legislators to, or we're encouraging field advocates and community members to talk to legislators about making uh, mental health a priority. 
And then we have two walks in Mississippi that you can join, uh, one in Biloxi on the 18th of September, and then uh, one in Oxford at Old Miss on September 25th. Oh, cool. That's where I am. Oh, great. September 25th. Okay. Um, so you guys are kind of jam-packed. So um, if people would like to, where could they find this this stuff? Is it on your website, I assume, social media and that sort of thing? Yeah, absolutely. So they can visit afsp.org forward slash Mississippi. And you'll be connect if you're in Mississippi, that's the local chapter website. You can get connected to all of our prevention education events and our walks. Um, if you're listening from out of state, you can just visit afsp.org and find all kinds of great resources, prevention education, and find a walk in your area. Cool. Um, just curious, can you guys kind of give us a little bit of an idea of what people would look for, um, as warning signs of a person that may be in crisis or, uh, considering, uh, suicide. Megan, you said that you had personal experience with this and I'm sure y'all have it every day being in this role. Um, but yeah, I'd I'd like to know a little bit about that. Danita, you want to? Sure. Um, one of the things that you might look for is some changes in behavior in mood. Um, so if someone's normally very outgoing, if they're more withdrawn, if somebody's normally very safe and conservative, then becoming real reckless. So you're looking for some changes in behavior and mood. There's also um, frequently when someone is considering suicide, there's been some kind of major loss in their life. And it's had a huge impact on them. It, it may not seem to be big to you on the outside, but for them on the inside, it's huge. And so there's been some kind of loss there in pain, and that impacts both mood and behavior. So they may be um, talking about wanting to be dead or wishing they wouldn't wake up or even talking about loud about wanting to be dead um, may find talking about death, writing about death, music, art, pictures, you know, that kind of stuff, very focused on that. Feelings of being hopeless that anything's going to change, helpless that anything you do is going to change anything, not having a purpose, feeling like you're a burden to other people in your life might see increased alcohol drug abuse or reckless behavior might see eating too much or too little um, sleeping too much or too little or going to sleep waking up in the middle of the night not being able to go back to sleep or having trouble going to sleep those are all kind of different things for you Um, withdrawing from friends family society You might also see um, that sometimes people start researching suicide in terms of looking for a method. So you may see computer searches for how to kill yourself. So all of those could be signs that someone might be thinking about suicide. It's generally a loss with a lot of pain attached to it. 
where suicide starts looking like the solution and not necessarily the problem. Mm. And people are generally feeling alone. They may not be alone. I mean, there may be other people around them, but they feel alone. It's like they're on the wrong channel from the love that's being broadcast to them from other people. Well, that's that's a good way to put it, yeah. Um, Megan, is there... So for pe- for people that are seeing this in their friends or experiencing this themselves, um, where wh- where can they go and or how can they address their friends? Where can they find help? How how do they do that? Absolutely. So you know, I think the thing to remember too um, to add on what Danita was saying is is look for those changes in behavior and really trust your instincts. Um, if you're worried about somebody, you know, that that's a sign that you should reach out to them. And, and if you're worried, if you're, if you are feeling like you're experiencing suicidal thoughts or increased depression or anxiety, that's a sign that you should reach out to somebody as well. Um, and, and, you know, we, we have a campaign called, um, real convo and then, uh, seize the awkward. And it's, it's really about, seizing those awkward conversations about our mental health, you know, don't be afraid to ask your um, loved one, are you thinking about suicide? Are you thinking about killing yourself? Are you okay? That's not going to put that idea in their head. Um, And and it's going to open the door uh, to to having a conversation with them. Um, I always recommend that you reach out to the Suicide Prevention Lifeline. That number is 1-800-273-8255. There's also a crisis text line, which is uh, 741-741. You can text talk or help to that. Is that nationwide or is that? Yes, okay. both. Yeah. Uh, they're staffed by trained counselors 24-7 and they will um, – get, get you connected to the, the care and support that you need. And even if, uh, suicide turns out not to be a concern, you know, having a conversation and reaching out to somebody will let them know that you care about them and that, uh, you know, maybe they're just in distress or just going through a hard time. And, and that's going to really open the door. But, um, you know, again, trust your instincts. If you feel like something's off, it, it probably is. And, um, also, you know, encourage them to seek help from a trained medical professional. Uh, One in four of us will experience a mental health condition at some point in our life. Um, And, and that needs to be treated obviously. So encouraging ourselves and our loved ones to get the mental health help that we need uh, really will be a life-saving action. And it, it seems strange to say, ask about suicide but it really is okay to talk about suicide. And one way that you can do it is to say, you know, I've noticed since you broke up that you seem kind of sad and and you're having trouble at work. And and sometimes when people have a a big loss and they experience those kind of changes, sometimes they're thinking about suicide. Are you thinking about suicide? And it's not like you just pulled it out of the air, like, I care enough to have observed these things and I'm checking to see if you're okay. And I personally find that a much easier way to ask. 
Um, and it's important to ask directly. It's important to say suicide or kill yourself or take your own life because asking if someone is thinking about harming themselves may give you a no answer because for them it's not the problem it's the solution it's not going to harm me it's going to stop this pain and it's important to ask a direct question so you get a direct answer and it's okay to do it there's no evidence at all on any meta-analysis that's been done that you put that idea in their head mm. it's impossible any more than I can remember when we were younger, when I was younger, that parents didn't want to talk to their kids about sex because then they would want to have sex all the time. And they forgot that kids were already thinking about sex. You know, it just gave them a chance to talk about it where you can have some decent conversations. Suicide is more extreme than that, but it's the same kind of principle. The idea is already there. Yeah. I, th I think too, you know, part of communication is accountability. Accountability means a lot. And so we care about what others think, even if we're trying, that's why we're trying to separate ourselves. Typically, I would imagine. Um, I've been depressed before and, you know, I, I try to move away from people and I don't want to talk to anybody. And then when people start talking to me, that's what brings me <laughs> I'm like, Oh, okay. Right. You know, I'm accountable to my love for them. Um, right. And, and also, it's it's a permission to talk mm. if you bring it up first. It, it reminds me of going to the doctor sometimes. There's like things you may want to tell them, but you don't necessarily want to be the one to bring it up first. It helps when they say, oh, are you having problems with this or that? Or, you know, how are you doing with exercising and, and your diet? You know, so it, it gives permission and there's a connection in the present to kind of decrease that alone feeling when you can make that connection. Excellent. Um, do y'all want to, is there anything that's important that you guys want to end with that you would like a audience to know um, before we, before we check out Megan, I can see it in your eyes. Yeah. You know, uh, I, I will say um, that, you know, we have an immense, a, a, a great number of suicide prevention education opportunities. So we really encourage folks to uh, visit our website, AFSP.org. Uh, if you're in Mississippi, uh, forward slash Mississippi, you can learn about all of our offerings, uh, become a volunteer, become a field advocate, uh, join an out of the darkness walk. Um, but really just check in on your loved ones. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you're worried about them, reach out to them and, um, and, you know, offer them the support, like as we discussed and, uh, you know, suicide impacts everybody. You know, you had mentioned earlier, uh, all of us are going to face, a uh, a suicide death at some point in our lives. Uh, so as we continue this conversation, there there is help available, and 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 really there is hope. You know, we we bring hope to those who have been affected by suicide, and and there's really a place for you to do that with AFSP. Yeah, yeah, and you know, I, just since you guys are here, I'll say thank you to you guys, American Foundation for Suicide Prevention, AFSP. Um, thank you, y'all are doing incredible work. Um, it's 
pretty, it's so robust and comprehensive what you guys are doing uh, and changing the conversation. Um, and, you know, I, I encourage anyone who is listening to research them further. Um, donate if you must, if that's an issue. Um, volunteer. Um, go on a walk. Uh, those are coming up in, uh, are those coming up soon? September, end of September, right? Both in Mississippi and Louisiana. Yeah, our, our walks, yeah, September 18th and 25th in Mississippi. We do have a couple in October and November um, in uh, Madison in October, on October 2nd, and then Tupelo on uh, November 13th. Wow. And you are rattling those off, it looks like, without looking at anything. Do you just have those in your head? She does. <laughs> That's really impressive. Yeah, we, we have, um, we have, it, they're, they're my um, pride and joy, our walks. So I, I remember all the details I can about them. <laughs> <laughs> it's impressive. Megan and Danita, thank you guys so much thank for uh, spending a little bit of time with me. I'll see you later. Bye. Thank, thank you. you. We appreciate you. Bye. If you have questions about mental health and the COVID-19 pandemic that you'd like our providers to answer in a future episode, please email southoffine at righttrackmedical.com. And if you'd like more information about Right Track Medical Group or the South of Fine podcast, please visit righttrackmedical.com. Thanks to our production team, Kelly Huntsberger, Caitlin Clegg, Carol Ann Hughes, Alica Batista, and Reese Lau. Special thanks to Squadcast for providing superior remote interview services.